We're halfway there, or through the summer break at least. Let's get started. Another race for the world's greatest driver, Juan Manuel Fangio. Former world champion Jim Clark leapt into the lead. That's Clark's Lotus going like a bomb. And James Hunt is the world champion by just one single point. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. And that is Michael Schumacher ahead, the world champion. To become a four-time world champion, Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, champion of the world. That's for all the kids out there who dream the impossible. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of F1 in Review. We're slap bang in the middle of the summer break and I'm told the season as well. And therefore this episode and hour we'll be looking back on our mid-season review of this season's drivers. Seeing how they've done so far, who's excelled in terms of expectations, who's fighting to save their season and who perhaps has a seat for next year but only by the skin of their teeth. Hello, I'm Tom Claiborne and as ever I'm joined by Tristan Fangor and Angus Gallagher. A reminder that you can follow myself and Tristan individually on Twitter as well as the F1 in review account where we post the episodes sporadically once they have gone out. So as with last time, for those who don't know, I'll be going down the Drivers' Championship as is currently, all the way from Verstappen to Latifi, working our way down and giving these drivers a rating out of 10 and saying who needs to do better, who's performed well and where they can improve, all that sort of good stuff. So Tristan, I believe you have the ratings from last time, you'll be comparing then with now and seeing whether we've changed our mind or whether the drivers have gotten sort of worse or better or maybe it's just a combination of all things really but let's start off with the number one driver currently the driver who's currently raking in the points and way ahead of uh, second place Max Verstappen what do we think of him how is he doing what rating would we give him can I uh, point out by the way that we last did this on the 11th of April so I have still the spreadsheet uh, in front of me and I recorded down our our scores if you haven't listened back to that episode um you you should go back because the driver order in which i have in front of me but now no in no way correlates to the driver order in which uh, i can see online in terms of the driver standings so so much has happened has it not since the 11th of april i feel like i was a a more optimistic human in 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 uh, April, but Charles Le- uh, Charles Leclerc, by the way, was was leading back then. So um, we'll just quietly go to the other leader now, Verstappen. Verstappen, who um, I have in my spreadsheet in, in in seventh place, by the way, or sixth place rather. So that's that's quite a large change. Um, look at the at the time, I, I rated him a nine out of ten, and to be honest, I think I think he so far has been. A, a, a driver that has been the most consistent I think the the stats for him are absolutely crazy th- this year just by the fact that he's on 258 points I think it's going to be really easy because for me I, I gave him a nine then I'm going to give him a, a, a nine now um I think to be honest at this point if he doesn't win the championship I'll be massively surprised so yeah I'll give him I'll give him a solid nine I always feel a bit wary giving someone a 10 out of 10 because I'll give him a 10 out of 10 and then in the next race they decide to give it a go driving backwards or something like that and I'll look like a fool so I give him a nine then and I'm gonna give him a nine now Angus what about you you're new to this I suppose mid-season review um naming drivers out of 10 but what do you think of Verstappen so far I'm going to one-up Tristan. I say one-up, I'm going to half-up, I guess you could call it. I'll give him 9.5, because I genuinely think he has been almost flawless. Like, he's been so on it. He's been able to take advantage when Ferrari have messed up. He's done as good as he can in qualifying, considering he's not He doesn't. He's not in the quickest car over one lap. His only real mistake that I can think of was the spin in Hungary, which he then went on to win anyhow. He's won both sprints. He's maximised every opportunity. His two retirements were due to technical failures early in the season. I mean, and he's also, he's he's got rid of, you've noticed this over the last couple of years, he used to have a bit of a hot-headedness about him. 
but I feel like he's really toned down the world championship he won last year has really sort of unleashed another level in him um, so yeah I like genuinely as much as Leclerc has been super speedy and I think he deserves a high rating too which we'll get on to Verstappen for me almost flawless but like you said a 10 is a 10 is unachievable unless he wins every race and gets every pole position so I'll give him a 9.5 yeah, I'm largely in agreement. 9 out of 10 I'll go for this time. I have no idea what I scored him last time, but I imagine it's pretty similar. Yeah, pretty flawless as well. I mean, the only times he hasn't won or hasn't done too well is owing more to reliability issues of some kind rather than his racecraft, which I think has shown a real maturity over this year, perhaps more so than last year and the season's gone by, really. So not only does he have the right tool to finish the job, he's also got the right mindset and the capability, which we always knew he had. So... Yeah, I think we're all sorted there. Moving on to who was the leader of the championship last time we did this, as Tristan reminded us, Leclerc. What do you think of Charles Leclerc? How would he rate him now versus perhaps uh, when we last did at least? Well, Tom, you gave him a 10 last time. Oh, Uh, wow, really? Yeah, you gave him a 10. I, I shouldn't have done How that. How would you that rate is, him now? <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is bad from me. Uh, in terms of Leclerc, um, I guess we'll speak around, 7. I think seven, seven really. Wow. Because Ooh. he's lacked consistency. He could be spectacular in Austria and then incredibly stupid in France and Imola, for example. And yes, you can go and say strategies held him back, reliability's held him back. There's other things that are putting against him, really, that he's having to ride against. And I understand that. But I think, really, my view of him and his racecraft has somewhat diminished compared to seasons gone by and when he burst onto the scene back in 2019 with Ferrari. Because, as I say, there's been many uh, occasions where he has had the ability to wow us, but then also disappoint us with some basic elements. And when you consider that he's meant to be the next big thing, the man to go and take the fight to Verstappen, well, he's got a lot of that now in terms of the capability to do so, but he's not levelling him. He's not, in my view, he doesn't really have the ability right now to go toe-to-toe and beat him. I would put him in a inferior category to Verstappen, really. I remember the comparison was Verstappen being generational and Leclerc being box office. And I remember when I first heard that, I remember maybe from Tristan or Angus, I can't remember, but I remember when I heard that, I thought, oh, that's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. I'd put them largely in the same bracket, but unfortunately, not right now, but I imagine that Leclerc will redeem himself come uh, many races in years to come this fall. I'm gonna, I think seven's harsh, personally. I admit he's not been in his absolute brilliant best all the time. But I still think there's a hugely precocious talent in there, which has shown such incredible raw speed this year. Um, you could make an argument for Leclerc. I know he's got a faster car, for sure, over a one over one lap, but you could make an argument for him being the fastest driver over one lap in Formula 1 at the moment. I think he's that quick, he's that good. And for me, that that stunning pace, which he's translated into some victories, but not enough. But then also the not enough has an asterisk in it, which is that Ferrari can't strategize. So I'd say that for me, I'm leaning towards an eight because I still think he's been stunningly quick. And I think some of his like some of his individual errors are things which I know it's it, the inexperienced excuse is easy. And you can say he's been in the sport five years, which he has, or four and a half at least. But like he's still young. He's still got time. And... I think that his raw pace is just incredible and means that when he does finally cut out those errors, he could be a scary, scary beast of a driver. So for me, based on the first half of the season and the raw speed he's shown and the fact that he has overall been more consistent than lots of other drivers still, I'm going to give him an 8. I think eight's a pretty good score. I, I'm I'm still weighing up. I think it, even even now I've been thinking about this for a while with with Leclerc. Tom, your your comments about I think and I think it came from Angus originally. Generational with mm. Max Verstappen and box office for Leclerc. I feel like yeah, but it, Charles Leclerc is box office. I feel like at the moment he's kind of like the the Batgirl film. Um, the one okay. that the one that cancelled because <laughs> it had the hype behind it of being quite a great film. And then uh, Warner Brothers cancelled the film uh, because of their strategic vision. And I feel like Ferrari has kind of cancelled Leclerc's um, box office appearance because of their strategic mm-hmm. vision or lack thereof. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's stacked against Leclerc a little bit, actually. 
and I don't want that to to take away from my my score of and you make really good points because like France was a oh, terrible moment for Leclerc dropping it into the barriers and in that moment I guess being unable to save it you know at the end of the day Max Verstappen made a mistake and he managed to save it and, and win whereas Leclerc's one was just that next step worse and it's not just in Formula One either. Even at like, the Monaco historic Grand Prix, Charles Leclerc maybe uh, bit of, <laughs> has a bit of foreshadowing, perhaps, of his experience at Monaco over the last few years. Crashed Nicky Lauda's Ferrari, and and mm. I feel like that's the thing about Leclerc at the moment. He's absolutely able to get into the lead and has that moments of absolute magic, but he it's kind of sporadic and inconsistent. You know, it's like if your if your colleague always needed three cups of coffee and a sandwich to to be at their very best. Yeah, that's great. You know, you could definitely hand them something to complete in the middle of the day. But you know, would you want to rely on them? Probably not. And I feel like Charles Leclerc at the moment has has just not got that level of consistency. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be nicer. I think I'm gonna agree with angus i'm gonna say he uh, an eight i mean i gave him um a a 10 last time so this is what i mean i gave i give them a 10 and what did they do they just you know <laughs> demonstrate how i'm wrong so I've, I've given him an eight in the hope that yet again charles leclerc makes me look like a fool and um has a, an amazing second half of the season but we we're all fans of Leclerc. That's the thing. We don't, yeah. none of us want him to fail. It's quite the opposite, you know. I want want him to to do well. And it's unfortunate that he has a fantastic combination at the moment of being slightly inconsistent in in himself and also having Ferrari, which is you know sabotage from the inside. And moving down to third place, the Mexican that's but five points behind Leclerc, Sergio Perez. What do you think about him? Has he perhaps? Uh, failed to kick on from his last sort of uh, review, shall we say, or when he was last, but a few points off Max Verstappen bearing down on him, looking like he could be the one who stole the crown from the uh, the Dutchman. Angus, Tom gave him last time an eight slash nine. Um, you you mm. said you couldn't really make up your mind. Um, how does that sit with you? I would say that is if we're talking about the whole se- if if we're talking about the whole season it's generous but I can see why that rating was given after what was a great injection of pace from Perez at the start of the season with his pole in Saudi Arabia which realistically none of us saw coming and his consistent performances but I think overall Sergio Perez when I think of him he screams the word consistency which is which is no bad thing at all in formula 1 don't get me wrong um and I think it's his consistency which means he's now just five points behind Leclerc in the Drivers' Championship. So for me, when I think consistency in terms of rating, I think, I think seven. I think I'm if I'm giving eight to Leclerc, I think I'm giving seven to Perez because, yes, he's looked quicker than last year. Yes, he did win in Monaco, and yes, he's got four other podiums which have all been second place. Most of them to his teammate, you know, creating great results for the Red Bull team, but. Has he always looked like a victory contender in most races like Leclerc and Verstappen have? Or even Science has on a couple of occasions? Not for me. And I think that there's something's changed in recent months, and whether it's a deliberate car setup ploy by Red Bull, the conspiracies rage on about that, he's just not been as on Verstappen's pace as he was at the start of the season. Now again, no bad things. Verstappen is lightning. But for me, Perez... Is do, doing a better job than last season, hence why I'd go with a seven rather than say a six or a six point five. Mm. Um, so I'd, it was definitely a respectable rating still for me, seven out of ten. What about you, Tristan? I don't know. Perez is a is a really interesting one because I've been I've been touting as his brilliance. I think actually quite a lot, and I I, I kind of stand by what I've said. Um, for for a while, I thought Perez, and maybe I still do think Perez is Verstappen's biggest rival but unfortunately that's kind of been blown out the water by the fact that Verstappen has just stormed off do you remember when we were like oh Verstappen and Perez are only like 30 points between them this is amazing you know that mm. that was sort of the yep. midpoint between the of the first half of the season I really should just say quarter then rather than halving and halving again um, apologies if I'm making you do maths at home but yeah that was the <laughs> that was you know during the first sort of 
in between the first quarter and the, and and this and the first half um, of the season. And I feel like Perez, for whatever reason, has has been slowly sliding back. But then it's all very difficult to measure this because the other thing is Perez might well be very very consistent. It's just everyone else is getting better. Which is it was something we can never measure that you know we're into the realms of speculation there, um, but l we can be on no doubt that that Perez has done things like won a race this year, which makes him pretty good, and that's where I think he would sit in my mind, just pretty good. Mm. And so I'm going to stick with my eight, which I gave him last time, but that does put him on the on the same level as Leclerc. So take from that what you will. But I feel like Perez is being boosted up by the fact that the Red Bull team underneath him is actually doing quite well, whereas Leclerc is sort of being brought down, if you like, in the in the other other direction. Yeah, I think that's fair. For context, I would now give him a seven point five out of ten. Ooh, think of that where you will, because um, <laughs> I feel he's a very consistent driver in terms of you can always rely on him to get some decent points, but. The best of him you only ever see in patches. We saw that between Austria and Monaco. He was mm. incredible, looking like he had the ability to take the fight to Verstappen and to beat him, you know, man for man type thing. But since then, he's real, really tailed off in terms of the points. Also, there's been some reliability issues as well. But we haven't seen the same Perez of past. And you could go and say, oh, okay, maybe that's setup issues, maybe that's something else going on. But we saw this as well, didn't we, in the season just gone, where... Perez wasn't too consistent in terms of being up there with Verstappen until the very end, of course. That was so important in many aspects when it came to that title fight for Verstappen. But we once again saw the pattern emerging of good, brilliant and good again, which I think we're seeing again. And it feeds, I think, or my racing feeds into the fact that he was not a position to challenge Verstappen. He wasn't the ability or had the chance at least to give Red Bull a headache more than Leclerc did, for example. Yes, he was being constrained, but he hasn't been able to do that. That being said, he's done a lot better than last season, and I think he could and probably will at this rate finish in P2 overall, and to do that against a very, very good Ferrari team with Leclerc and Sainz, who I think are two of the best drivers on the grid, is no mean feat, really. So maybe 7.5 is a bit harsh, but um, it's all the context of where we were, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you Google Sergio Perez at the moment, Angus was telling me earlier that there was a, there was a headline which was Sergio Wolf breaks silence on Sergio Perez replacing Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes. And um, I think that those those sort of gotcha headlines, those um, clickbait is what you use, Angus, you said that. Clickbait headlines mm. are very amusing because I, th I think with someone like Sergio Perez, uh, I, I can't put him on the same level as, as like someone like Lewis Hamilton. I think... Again, he falls into the, the unfortunate place, and I think that's been driven a bit more this season, as definitely brilliant, but unfortunately is having to drive next to someone incredible. Uh, you know, hands up if that sounds familiar to a certain Valtteri Bottas. Mm. And I think Val Valtteri has, has um, demonstrated to us that we have to, I think, be kind to people like Perez and, and maybe even... Carlos Sainz, which I'm sure is coming up very, very soon, he says, looking at the driver standings. Um, <laughs> uh, because, you know, we can't forget that he's driving with someone who beat so many records. You know, he, he is... Max Verstappen is how was the acclaim to be the youngest ever Formula One winner. You know, one for Red Bull and his opening Grand Prix with, with Red Bull after he got promoted halfway through a season um, from Toro Rosso. You know, Max Verstappen is, as you say, generational. So I think we need to be a bit kind to, to Sergio Perez and remember that, you know, he's still smashing records, you know, for, for, for um, like, you know, Mexican drivers and things like that. It's just, you know, he happens to be standing in the footprints of someone with maximum feet. I'm trying to get a Max pun in there, by the way. I'm not sure if that was successful. <laughs> no, I think that was fine. I think it was fine, yeah. And speaking about another driver who's perhaps in the shadow, or at least was in the shadow of a greater Formula 1, George Russell. He's next on the list, and I'll come straight out of the blocks. 9 out of 10 for Mr. Russell. How does that compare? Wow, you gave him a 9 out of 10 in April. Which, which oh, makes, well, look at me. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so, yeah, you obviously predicted that very well. Congratulations. And um, why were Go you me. giving him a 9 out of 10, um, uh, Mr. Tom? 
I feel like I'm well, interviewing you. <laughs> well, Mr. Tristan, um, <laughs> he hasn't really put a foot wrong. I mean, yes, of course, there was that DNF, but that was largely owing to the start of the race and that horrible crash with Guan Yu Zhou, which I think would be very harsh to go and say that was George Russell's fault. And when you consider that he's finished in every other race and finished no lower than P5, that is quite incredible, really. And he's also been wrestling with a very tough car in the first quarter of the season. Since then, we've really seen that car push on and him push on as well. You know, P1 qualifying, at least in Hungary, was quite remarkable. I think, you know, at the start of the season, there was some critics surrounding him, fueled perhaps by the Drive to Survive series of was he good enough? Was he the right man to partner Lewis Hamilton? Could he replace Valtteri Bottas without upsetting the apple cart type thing? And he's, he's done that in terms of not upsetting the apple cart and then also doing a great job in terms of racing as well. And let's not forget he's way ahead of Lewis Hamilton, his teammate, who was driving in the same car as him in his first season for Mercedes, his first season in a really competitive car. It's difficult to say George Russell has done anything wrong so far this season. I'm torn between 8 and 8.5 for me. I think that... It would be higher if he hadn't recently ceded a bit more grounds to Hamilton in the in both races and qualifying. Recent results have gone more in Hamilton's favour. Which, to be fair, actually thinking about it, you know, we kind of expected that from Day Dot. So it's actually probably not a bad thing that it's gone against him recently. Like you feel that Hamilton would have inevitably made the ground up had he started on the back foot. But yeah, George's. I keep killing him George like he's a mate or something, but we'll roll with it. George has um, produced consistency in both qualifying and the races. Strings of good finishes. The increased pace of the Mercedes car means those good finishes have turned more and more into podiums in recent races. It's looking like a very good foundation for what could be a very promising and very fulfilling Mercedes career going forward. The team clearly, as much as... He was going up against the seven-time world champion and he was going in as the just the one-time podium finisher at Williams, having had three years under his belt there. Realistically, everyone at Mercedes wants him to succeed. Mm-hmm. They don't want a Hamilton-Rosberg battle. They want something where Hamilton can stick around for a few years, keep up the high levels, Russell can learn from him, so that when Hamilton retires and Russell has to lead the team, they will have an absolute... They hope they'll have an absolute monster in Russell to take over the reins. And I think I think I'll go for an 8.5. The one thing which I reckon would turn me into a 9 would be if George could get that race win ticked off later on in the year. And based on the increasing pace of the car that he has, I think there's an ever-increasing possibility that may happen. But so far, I'll give him 8.5. Slightly higher than Leclerc. 8.5 is a is a solid shot, I think. And, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go up a little bit more. I'm going to give him a 9.5. And the the thing is, the thing is, I think, you know, we've been touting George Russell's brilliance for a very, very long time. And and there were moments of, of problems for him in his career, like you know, trying to boot up Valtteri Bottas in the naughty naughty. Mm-hmm. We don't do that now, George. And um <laughs> and especially when he had that, that, that run off very nearly in points. I can think of Miguelo when he was running running in the points and then he fell out of it. And then, of course, he got into the points and then everything sort of settled down now. He steadied the ship. And then this year was going to be make or break. You know, George Russell, the the British rookie versus Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time champion of the world, breaking records like they are, I don't know, what what, what breaks really easily? Plates? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. go with that. Breaking records <laughs> like they're plates, um, smashing them, easy peasy. And, mm. and so... You know, if anyone's ever started a new job, you get imposter syndrome, that feeling where you, you don't quite belong. And I feel like George has had the probably one of the biggest levels of imposter syndrome, at least I would, I would have thought, you know, going up against all that. And this year, he has absolutely just stormed out of the block. Look, he was second in the driver's standings on the 11th of April, according to my my spreadsheet in front of me. We gave him a nine back then. And he took a pole position this year in that Mercedes in the dry. I, I, yes, he ceded some space to Lewis Hamilton, but you know that's 
partly because of Mercedes' own strategies. Let's not forget. I mean, and and I feel like George has has been a demonstration of responsible wheel to wheel racing consistency. You know, at the very beginning of the season, he was one of the very few drivers to have completed every single race without. Um, in the points you know his dnf came from the fact that he stopped this year to look to check that people were all right at the british grand prix so he couldn't get it back on his own power you know that there's more to a driver than than pure stats i think and and whilst max is brilliant in terms of just his raw pace i think george brings to some extent the whole package you know there is that incredible consistency there. He's also, I think, a pretty nice bloke as well, which helps. So mm. I'm going to give him a 9.5. And partly because, you know, we we have to be a little bit compassionate and, and use emotions. And I think George is quite an emotive driver. When he got pole position, you know, I was shouting at the TV in a way that I haven't done for ages. It just blindsided everyone. I think we're all rooting for George absolutely and and again i just i cannot i cannot concede that he's going to do badly by the end of the season you know at the moment he's on 158 points which is beating carlos Sainz. and yeah hamilton might well beat him to fourth place but to be honest that's to be expected george russell for me is is turning out to be one of the highlights of the season to watch Mm-hmm. I think if you'd asked any of us, come the midpoint in the season, would George Russell A, be ahead of Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz, or B, behind? I think we'd have all comfortably gone option B, definitely. And there's no chance he's going to be ahead of Lewis Hamilton. And also, Carlos Sainz, who started the season so well and is in that Ferrari car. But yes, so it is. Carlos Sainz, I'm giving him a 7.5 out of 10. I think he's lacked consistency. We saw. The greatness in him at Silverstone, but then also the basic, basic errors at Melbourne Park, Australia, for example. He's started to improve, done a good job so far. I'm surprised a few, I think. I saw there's, I think there's still a few out there who don't believe he's in the same league as Leclerc, despite him actually beating him last season. But I think he should be higher in that leaderboard. And it comes back to the fact that, yes, there's been strategy issues, reliability issues, issues out of his control. I think there are a few driver errors still left in him that needs to be chalked out shall we say and improved on for him to really get the full potential out of himself and then also out of the car as well yeah i i, I agree and and similarly i rate him quite similar to um uh, signs and powers I, I rate quite similar i think they've had relatively consistent season and and also comparable seasons as well this year uh, clearly they're racing both racing against someone else who's the champion um or you know that sort of champion-esque sort of individual fighting for the the world championship um and they both had the opportunities for for poles race wins they both had their fair share of of problems i think personally i think they they kind of both match um each other quite quite well so i'm gonna also um give him because you gave him by the way tom 7.5 as you did carlos science Oh, look at me. I know. Um, I'm also <laughs> going to give him the same as I gave Carlos Sainz. So I gave Perez an 8. I'm going to give um, Sainz an 8 as well. I think he's done um, a good job holding his own against Charles Leclerc. I mean, last year he beat Charles Leclerc. And you might say, well, that's just because of the problems for Charles Leclerc. But hey, there's like history is repeating itself. So, you know, all you Charles Leclerc fans, I'm afraid you might <laughs> you might look and see uh, Sainz beat him again. But, you know, ask us again in another quarter of two quarters of a season <laughs> i'm going to say 7.5 i'm basing it on the ones i've done so far and if Charles leclerc is an eight for being blindingly quick we're making a few errors and sergio Perez is a seven for being consistent but not exactly at the front all the time i think science has to be a 7.5 for being consistent not being as quick as his teammates but being at the front and ready to take advantage on more occasions uh think of times where I mean if we even if we take away his win for a second his second place finishes this season have come two of them behind Red Bull behind Perez in Monaco and behind Verstappen in Canada where he was pressuring right at the end you could say he should have got the win there he's also been on the bad luck end of some retirements such as in Austria when the engine decided to self-immolate and then also in uh, Azerbaijan where the engine uh, conked out 
and yes, I'd say he wouldn't be an eight simply because of the individual errors. Australia and Imola. Well, actually, no, I'll take that back. Imola wasn't his fault, but Australia definitely was an individual error when trying to get up through the field quickly. But other times he's been blindingly quick. Silverstone, he was super consistent and took advantage when he needed to. So for that, I couldn't rate him higher than the same as Leclerc, and I couldn't rate him the same as Perez. So ideally, I've got them slim slap bang in the middle. So 7.5 for me. And we now go on to the man who just missed out on his eighth world championship, Lewis Hamilton. He's not had a great season so far, but how do we rate him? This is really difficult to rate him, isn't it? And I, did we chat struggle last time as much? I think I might yeah. have because I gave him sort of an eight mark, and I think I did that because he's Lewis Hamilton, and I sort of stand by that. It is Lewis Hamilton, and he's he's had a rough old season, hasn't he? He's gone from starting behind. Um, both his teammate and ex-teammate <laughs> on starting alongside Valtteri Bottas. Do you remember at the very beginning of the season having yeah, yeah, his yeah. first non-points finish? Lewis Hamilton has had an absolute roller coaster of the season, and yet, and yet, it's still collecting enough points to be in sixth place. You know, only ten points behind Carlos Sainz, twelve points behind his his teammate and so judging where Hamilton is 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 really really difficult especially as his you know he is working tirelessly to get better in that car and also the car is working to break his back so it's an absolutely (laughs) really tricky one to, to tell where he is I think I think Lewis is doing really well actually this season and I think I stand by that that eight mark but I I haven't seen I was, uh, yeah, I haven't really seen too much magic moments from him. I think the the highlight has been watching Hamilton on the soft tyres at Hungary um, basically get released and fight back through to get third place um, and fight against his teammate. And that was an incredible, uh, you know, incredible moment watching George and and, and Hamilton fighting for for podium positions and we saw then i think that the way lewis hamilton sort of managed his strategy and worked with mercedes rekindled that idea that they are a formidable force you know we i think we've forgotten at parts during the season that the hamilton and mercedes work in such a way that they can pull those strategies out like like it's easy and it really isn't easy and they make it look really easy and yes mm. there has been moments where it's been funny to see you know hamilton moaning about porpoising or you might think ah oh, well he you know came 15th and he's been you know he's been ah oh, well what's the point i want to give up you know he's even said on the radio let's give up now you know it is a different hamilton this year to that we had last year but to be honest it's a new season of formula one a new a new era of of the cars and so i think hamilton this year has in somehow has grown <laughs> to be even better um and i i've i've missed watching him fight in a car that's not necessarily fantastic out of the gate all you know anyone who's been on twitter saying well hamilton's only brilliant because of the car you know has been <laughs> shut up i think this mm. year as we've watched him have to deal with a car that's not so brilliant and i've missed his his ruthlessness the way he way he battles is amazing and we've had so much entertainment from that so yeah i'm i'm gonna give him an eight i think he's been let down by the fact the car hasn't been very good but lewis hamilton is still reinforcing the fact that he is for me you know one of the greatest drivers of the what you know in, in the world ever um and you know i think currently still best on the grid but you know, that might well change one day. But I think for me, Lewis Hamilton has to be given the respect um, this season to be up there with other, you know, fantastic drivers such as Charles Leclerc, who I gave an 8 to as well. Mm. This is a tricky one because I think we're going to have to get used to the idea now of Hamilton is, I was about to say Hamilton's old man, but he, to be mm. fair, in Formula One terms, he is. And he he won't ever when i think of hamilton season i don't think of like a standout moment where you think wow that was incredible he's just been slowly dragging himself back up being more consistent as the season's gone on um 
and it's made his and I don't want to be I don't want to rate him based on the the idea of recency bias because if you looked at the last five races I wouldn't be surprised if in the last five races he's got more points than any other driver based on his like run of results then and I don't want to base my rating on more recent events across the whole season we have to admit he started very poorly by his high standards he struggled to get to grip with the car his first three four races were third, tenth, fourth, and thirteenth in the races. That Saudi race and that Imola race both absolute stinkers, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And I can't recall Russell having really a stinker of a race. I can't recall Science having a real stinker of a race. Perez, not massively either. And Hamilton, you could also say never write him off and I think that's fair because he's really come back strong in terms of race pace and consistency in the last few races in a car which other than Russell's shock pole in Budapest is clearly better over a longer distance than it is over one lap so again I'm comparing but if I was to give Perez a 7 Science a 7.5 and Hamil- uh, and Leclerc an 8 I'd, I'd be leaning towards a 7 yeah, I'm going to say it. It may seem harsh, but I'm saying seven for Hamilton. Simply because he's had he's, he had a patch at the start of the season, and we're doing the whole season here so, so far, and he had a patch where he was really off it and he struggled. And yes, of course, he's done brilliant to bring it back, but I can't give him higher than a seven without a clear conscience, I'd say. Interesting. What did I give Hamilton last time, Tristan? Last time you gave him a seven, so you and Angus seem to be on the <laughs> same page, I think. Which is bizarre. Did uh, you think you'd be giving him a seven? No, I think this time round, I don't know. I'm giving him a six point five. You know, uh, giving him six point five because there's no doubt he's a quality driver, one of the best, if not the best, of all time. But we're judging this in terms of from top to bottom of the drivers' championship so far, and we can't escape the fact that yes, the car is very tough to drive. Yes, there's been improvements recently, but he is still P6. 12 points of his teammate, who's the debutant in the same car that he's driving. And while there's reason to be cheerful, Canada to Hungary being good examples of this, and there's no doubt that he still has his talent and he hasn't lost it, you've got to look in terms, I suppose, of context and expectation, which I think we rabbited on so much around last time when we spoke about Lewis Hamilton and reviewing him. But we expect a lot more than P6 and 12 points of his teammate, and maybe that's wrong of us to do so or at least myself uh, obviously he set the bar so high he's a seven-time driver championship for a reason but when you set the bar that high and then fall down and then talk about quitting in terms of you know quitting the race and start you know sort of reeling off the same I suppose whining and excuses without reaping the same results you go oh you know it sits it, it, a bit differently in my view so because of that, and because he's performing below par and below, you know, below the very hard bar he's set, it's got to be a six point five. But I have no doubt, looking at the last few races, that he's uh, turning up the volume and will get on the top step of that podium by hook or by crook um, this season, at the very least. But um, yeah, it's not been great. But nothing personal, just the bar he set. Six point five. Yeah. Six point five. Wow. Yeah. I mean, are you sure? Mm. Because I am. I mean, you. You gave mm. gave Gasly a six. Oh, well, you got a storm coming there as well, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's just downgrading everybody. Fair I'm obviously enough, in a very mean mood well. when I wrote these notes, but you know. I mean, all the, all the <laughs> Hamilton fans are, uh, are are stopping the podcast now. Thinking, I'm not going to listen. And the, um, yeah, wow. They'll great. just skip me, you know. I just believe 6.5. I just I can't believe we're talking about Hamilton being a 6.5. I just think. You know that's that's middling. You know, sixty-five percent. Mm. Is he a two-one? Nothing <laughs> <laughs> wrong with a two-one. You know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and then going from one Brit to a younger Brit, Lando Norris. Thoughts on him? I think Norris has had a stonking season. Personally, I think that <clears throat> over the last over his career, we forget. By the way, that over his four-year career, he's been up against Carlos Sainz and Daniel Ricciardo as teammates. And he initially struggled a bit against Science back at the very start, but then he grew into it. it was really they, those two were, we couldn't separate them throughout the 2020 season. Realistically, they were like neck and neck, both in race pace and qualifying pace. And that Carlos Science is now a race winner and a top driver at Ferrari. And Lando Norris is five years younger than him, and he's performing at the level he's at. 
and he's been he's been in Formula One now four years, and he'll only be twenty three when the season ends. He has. I can't think of any other word other than dispatched Daniel Ricciardo. Absolutely <laughs> dispatched him. Uh, McLaren yeah. have 95 points this year, and Norris has 80% of those up against a seven-time Grand Prix winner who used to beat Max Verstappen in the same car. Like, I think people... Obviously, everyone gushes over Russell, but I think people underestimate how good Norris is. And he's had an incredible season. The only driver outside the top three teams to get podium in Imola. Yes, extenuating circumstances, Mercedes weren't as quick then, Leclerc binned it, science was punted out on the opening lap. But still, you've got to bring it home. He's a model of consistency. It's a McLaren car which has gone backwards compared to last year, mm-hmm. based on the fact that they are nowhere near Ferrari anymore. And they're also chasing their tail with Alpine hot on it. So for me, for him to produce the results he has and so comprehensively dispatch his teammate, what did I give the others? If Russell's an 8.5 and Leclerc's an 8, for me, Norris has to be an 8 as well. Norris has just been a modicum of consistency in a car which I'm sure he wishes was better. But, yeah, I think he's had a phenomenal season, personally. So 8 out of 10. And I say phenomenal, I say phenomenal and then I give him 8, but... Like, based with the car he has, the performances he's doing, I think he's doing brilliantly. So, 8 out of 10 for me. If if you had to name me my top four drivers so far this season, I'd go Verstappen, Russell, Leclerc, Norris. So, that reflects my ratings there, mm. I'd say. I'll give him a 7. I think he's not done too much wrong in a very tough car to drive versus last year. As you say there, dispatched his teammate Ricardo, but that is just par for the course at this rate, isn't it? But then also he hasn't hit the heights, I think, of of last season, which I suppose you've got to look at it in context of the car. But I suppose, once again, similar to Hamilton, we're used to see him fighting up there for the the final plinth of the podium type thing. And I suppose him only doing that once at Imola compared to so many times last season, does take the sheen off his achievement, which I think is easy to sort of disregard. You go, oh, okay. Well, he's not on the podium as he was. He's consistently getting points in P6 and 7. That's a downgrade, which I think is wrong. But once again, if we're judging this by the leaderboard in terms of the driver's leaderboard, then you've got to say, in my view, he's only worthy of a 7. I find Norris really, really hard to rank because I'm still running off I think last year and it's very difficult because Norris Norris I think has proved himself yet again this year and McLaren as well has had a real problem I mean their car was terrible at the beginning of the year you know back of the grid level poor you know I was sitting there thinking right all these new sponsors that they got are gonna run away do you remember they did that big announcement at the very beginning of the year saying that they had new chrome wheels which was you know Google Chrome and and I was thinking, well, you've got chrome wheels now, but you stay like this. Google's going to be running off. And um, I think they have definitely made improvements. And that's, that's helped um, Norris. Norris has totally, as you say, devastatingly proved himself to be a better driver this year than Ricardo. So good. You know, not just dispatched, but also... Perhaps also managed to displace him as well, if the rumours are correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Rumour has it. Um, well, we'll get on, I guess we'll come on to that when we talk about Ricardo. Um, nice to weave some news into there. Um, but I think <laughs> Norris is is he's at McLaren now. He's not going anywhere. That he is currently the McLaren McLaren's version of Charles Leclerc, George Russell, and in a competitive car, could I see? Norris winning a race yeah absolutely I could he very nearly did if you hark back to the heart-wrenching Russian Grand Prix last year when it rained three laps before the end and poor poor Norris so desperate to win decided to not go for wet tyres when it was raining Um, and that was a real hard lesson for him and unfortunately these hard lessons come around often in Formula 1 but hopefully he learned from them and I, I hope Norris will have the opportunity to prove himself as a race winner very, very, very soon. And I think he will. But I can't, I don't think I can quite rank him as high. Um, looking at where what I've done so far and where we've got to go to as well. I think I would probably, I'd say he's in that sort of best of the rest zone. So given, um, given everything else, I'm going to give him 
I'm going to give him a 7. I think he's my first my first 7. I don't think I can rate him as highly. Um, but according to my rating, that makes him better than Lewis Hamilton, according to Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And we go down one more to Esteban Ocon, currently the only driver at Alpine. Our thoughts on him? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think Ocon, right, Ocon's been doing quite well. Uh, I think I, I could be quite quick for this one. I, I gave him I gave him a seven and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a seven as well. I think Ocon's holding his own. He's in my F one fantasy team, so take from that what you will. Uh, he has been well, just a relatively consistent driver. I think his his um his drive is secure at Alpine. Um I don't know whether or not he'll be the first or second driver next year when they decide to pick someone um because currently Ocon is driving both cars um <laughs> one foot in each one um maybe maybe Alpine need to ask McLaren for some drivers because it seems like everyone's driving for McLaren at the moment um or in Ricardo's case perhaps not but mm. Ocon, I would say, is, is a seven. Uh, unfortunately, I keep forgetting he exists, which is a good thing. Is a good thing because you know he crosses the line. You go, congratulations, Ocon came in, you know, sixth place. So you go, oh, that's brilliant. But also, you know, he he is not doing anything to particularly wow me as well. Um, apart from, I think him and him and Alonso have had some spicy races. Uh, this this year yeah. and have been very close to taking each other out and have been you know, causing each other some some sort of damage within the team um, which might have contributed to Alonso leaving but other than that I think Ocon has had a steady head and absolutely deserving of his eighth place but you know we're slipping you know quite far down now once you deal with the top three teams then you know best of the rest is sort of Norris and Ocon Ocon is quite a way behind him um there is a there's 18 points between um norris and ocon so i'm gonna give him about the same as as i gave of of norris i'm gonna give him a seven but i think he's been a pretty steady eddie this year yeah i give him a 7.5 i think he's been really consistent in terms of points finishes as well he's reflected in that beating alonso as well by 17 points the multi-world time champion, and we're told how good he is and how he's going to bring the team forward, Alonso, that is. But now you're seeing Ocon beat him and beat him convincingly, you know, be happy and be willing and be able to go and beat him in a sort of wheel-to-wheel race and take the game to him type of thing and not be overawed by the fact that, oh, it's Alonso, got to play his game type thing. So I think he's done really well. I think he's proving the doubters wrong because I feel that when Alonso came in and when Ricardo was at... Um, Renault and soon will return probably there was a lot of question marks over Ocon of he's not good enough to lead the team he DNFs too much because of reliability issues there's a reason he was kicked out in the Mercedes Academy and wasn't given the promotion over Russell and I understand that I don't think he's in the same league as George Russell but it's a clear reason why he was in that academy to start with I think he was wrongly uh, dumped, shall we say, by Racing Point, owing to one reason and another, which we uh, talked about in previous episodes. But he's showing his worth, really, and I think that he has the ability to go toe-to-toe with someone like Norris, with Bottas, who's below him, beating Alonso as well, and, you know, beat them pound for pound when the chips are down and when things are running in the right direction. I'm concerned for him, however, moving forward when it comes to him being Alpine, because... Alpine need to go and sort out the house pretty quickly, otherwise they're going to be left with a driver that's lagging behind him. And yes, that's good for Ocon in a, in a personal sense, but not so good when it comes to the constructors. Ocon's a difficult one for me because his points tally reflects very well on him, and you feel like I almost feel like he's actually upped his game one since the win, which I mean is inevitable realistically probably, but also since his long-term future was tied down. I feel like that's made him a lot more of a grounded and all and like better polished driver in some way or another. But then he has been overshadowed by Alonso in overall pace. And whilst it is Fernando Alonso for sure, and we've talked about him plenty in recent podcasts, he is being beaten by on pace by a forty-one-year-old. Like you know, the bloke's fifteen years older than him. It doesn't reflect massively well. Um, and whilst the points tallies reflect positively for Ocon, he's had some strong races for sure. He's had many consistent top seven finishes. Mm. I can't 
I I think it was Tristan who said he he sort of goes under the radar, but he doesn't really, he's not doesn't really stand out. He's like Mister Understated on the Formula One grid. Um, cousin to Mister Cousin. And I, yeah, I can't I can't give him. Again, I'm comparing my previous ones. What was my Perez was a seven, mm-hmm. so I'd say Ocon. Oh, I can give Ocon a six. That feels harsh, but <laughs> come six off for, six. six for Ocon. Yeah, I mean, six. From, I'm going to give Lewis Hamilton a six point five. Yeah, yeah that's six point five, not a six. For you, man. Right. <laughs> and we go down one more rung on the ladder. Valtteri Bottas had a new team. Alfa Romeo. I've given him a seven point five out of ten. I think now he's up the uh, shadow of Lewis Hamilton. He's showing his worth, or has at least done in patches. He's leading the team very well. I think, obviously, he was always going to beat the debutant of Joe and is doing that very well. But um, I still feel he should be slightly higher in the table than he should be. He's tailed off, really, in the last four races. Really came out of the traps, as we saw at the start of the season. Qualifying ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, DNF'd once, or into reliability issues in the first sort of handful of races. But... Since then, he's got out of the points, but if you were to, I suppose, we will find out what my rating was before this, but when you consider that the last time we did this, he was in the points in all but one or two occasions versus now, well, that's crept up to, unfortunately, six. You've got to go, things are unfortunately tailing off again for Bottas, and it's a shame to see, really, but, you know, good start, but consistency is the key, as they say. You gave him an eight. An eight. Okay. I think that reflects it, then. Yeah, but his form dropped as well, so you know, win some, you lose some. Has it dropped? Has it really dropped though? Because uh, the thing is, at the very beginning of the season, we had a, a low sample rate of of races. Okay, so, but I would say that Bottas has been has been pretty good and has still been, you know, holding his own. He's had a few reliability issues, but to to be in um, ninth place with only 12 points less than Ocon in, let's face it, an Alfa Romeo, you know, do you not think that's a bit more deserving of a, of a higher higher grade? Just looking at what you've given other people. Lewis Hamilton getting a 6.5, Leclerc getting a 7. <laughs> God, that's really, that's really put the cat amongst the pigeons, doesn't it, that one? Well, the, um... What about the 7 for <laughs> Charles Leclerc? What about it? <laughs> well, I mean, you're rating Bottas Mm. with Charles Leclerc, effectively. Yes, but then again, I'd say my expectations for Leclerc were higher than my expectations were for Bottas. And as I say, Bottas has tailed off a bit, really, in the last few races. I mean, we talk around all the circumstances that afflict drivers, but we are judging this, as I say, so many times on the current standings of the Drivers' Championship, and that is how we're going to judge them by the end. And it's not been a great last few races for Valtteri, unfortunately, but... um. I suppose my expectations were a bit lower, hence I gave him an 8, and why well, give him a 7.5 now? That's fair enough. I mean, I, mm. I'm also giving him a 7.5, but I feel like my 7.5 is... I, I, I gave him an, I gave him um, an 8 as well, back when, when mm. we first did it. But I feel like this is, again, reinforcing his his greatness, actually. Uh, last year and, I, and over the years, we've been quick to mock Valtteri Bottas and especially as as he has been I think we've called him things like Mr Beige because he's so consistent and a bit of a boring driver but this year he's he's had those shackles released and I think he's been doing actually very very well it's been nice to watch Bottas hold his own you know he's been consistently getting to Q3 in an Alfa Romeo he's been consistently fighting nicely with other people in let's say it's in an Alfa Romeo Bottas, I think, and I said this back when we did this in in April, has been incredibly tactical this year. He's allowing others to fight, and then he just, oh, look, who's coming out in the background? It's Valtteri Bottas. You know, he is always there. That's what I seem to think. He's always there. Whenever we're in that that midfield battle, consistently, Bottas is there. It's not like Lance Stroll, where you're like, what the hell? Why is Stroll... Oh, he's being overtaken. <laughs> oh, I see. You know when you see Bottas fighting or, or with the, the fight, it's because he's there, because he's fast. And I think Bottas... Yeah, okay, we came out came out the gates gun blazing because everyone else was so rubbish. 
It, it felt like that at the beginning of the season. It felt like everyone who was supposed to be good just forgot that they were supposed to be good. And everyone who was hmm. not supposed to be as good forgot that they were not supposed to be as good. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we had Haas at one point being like fourth in the constructors. Remember Magnussen got mm. fifth place. We had Bat Bottas fighting with the Mercedes in his Alfa Romeo. Right, the beginning of the season was absolutely mental. I feel like at the end of this, I'm going to have to watch the whole beginning bit over again because i feel like it's been um, a season of two parts and that comes from the fact that we're in a new era with the with um new type of downforce on on the cars with the ground effect and so i'm i'm less down about giving him a 7.5 the bottas should be really praised and i'm ranking him higher than norris i'm ranking him higher than ocon you know i'm ranking him slightly lower than claren i feel that's fair i think bottas as a driver, given his equipment, has made way more of an impact than Ocon and Norris and has not mm. only earned my respect again as a, as a fantastic driver, but, you know, an apology for thinking that he was just Mr. Beige the, this whole time, let alone all the other fun things he's been doing outside of Formula 1 as well, like printing off um, pictures of, of him in the in the river. I don't know if you've seen that picture yet or doing yeah. that for charity. You know, Bottas is, has turned into such a, a wonderful meme this year and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the second half of the of the season, especially as there is some good Alfa Romeo um, upgrades on the way. So I'm optimistic that, that Bottas holds on to his his ninth place. But to be honest, even if he finishes tenth, you know, ahead of Alonso, who's in an Alpine then um, mm. I think he'll be able to hold his head up quite high and also demonstrate a return to form from Alfa Romeo, which is which is always nice nice for us because Sauber, FYI, is is reportedly um, making deals with uh, the, I think Porsche. So there is some rumours about them coming in as well. So Bottas, I feel like, has got leveraged himself into a really good position this year. I'm going to. I've literally spent the last five six minutes thinking about whether, what to give him based on these discussions. I'm going to give him a seven. So for me, that puts him on a par with Perez and Hamilton for me. Now, I think that Bottas has had a brilliant season. I think he came yeah. out the blocks absolutely on fire. Mm. That fire has been doused a little bit, I will not lie, but I think that's more down to the fact that a team like Alfa Romeo, realistically, its best chance of gaining points will be early on when other teams are still finding their feet. If they get their stuff together, which they did this season... And Bottas especially did. He was really, really on it from the start of the season. After Canada, they had 51 points from nine races. Bear in mind, last year, in the whole of the year, they had like five points across 21 races. So a real hell of an improvement. It's just the last four races, they've been left behind a bit. They got no points. Their cars slowed down. It's dropped down the pecking order. And I think that is more down to the car and the lack of the budget cap restricting their amount of development rather than Bottas suddenly not knowing how to drive the car. So for me, it's a seven, simply because, yeah, he's he's really doing well in that environment. As much as his teammate is a rookie, he's beating his teammate convincingly, and you've got to beat what's in front of you. So whilst I wouldn't put him on like the level of a Carlos Sainz, I'd put him on, based on performance relative to Carr and how they've achieved, I'd put him with Perez and Hamilton. I'm comfortable doing that. 7 out of 10. And we now get to the halfway point in the Drivers' Championship, the man who's in between cars. Fernando Alonso, what do we think? Uh, yeah, it's so good that he's been poached by Aston Martin. Yeah. He is such an icon now, I think, um, up there with um, people like you know Mike, Michael Schumacher. You know, might not have had necessarily the same achievements, but just darn good racer. Yeah, I agree with that. 7.5, bit of a slow start to the season, not owing to his ability or racecraft, shall we say, but he's been very consistent since Miami. But I think that all of us expected him to be slightly higher on the table. And yes, there's been issues that have held him back there, but still to be behind your teammates by 17 points and to be only sort of halfway on the table, a sort of teapot driver. It's not ideal, is it, really? So he's hoping for him he'll be able to get up that table, but I fear that come next season, as we say, 10th will probably be 
his peak if he gets there at all. And so ends episode 25 of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for listening all the way to the end of this episode, part one of our mid-season drivers review. Uh, whether you've listened on your preferred podcast provider or River Radio, be that live or via the Listen Back feature, thank you very much indeed. A reminder that you can follow myself, Tristan, and the F1 in Review account on Twitter. F1 in Review, all one word, no spaces or gaps there whatsoever. And we remain in the summer break, and if there is some more news regarding the few more seats that have to be filled and the tying up of all those loose ends, we'll no doubt be talking about that very soon. And until next time, thank you very much for listening.